0: Well, if you have your Bibles, let's look at uh, Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11. We're talking about Jesus, Jesus and fear. Any of you ever had a bully in life, been bullied by somebody? I remember my junior high years, seventh grade. I was one of like only three students from my elementary school. There were two sixth grade classes. And I lived in a different school district than than most of the students at uh, Vinland Elementary. And so I had to go to Tioga Junior High. And uh, so that was kind of scary because I didn't know anybody at this school. And... Come to find out, I didn't know it at the time, but I was probably the biggest 7th grader in the class. Now, you know, this junior high has probably 1,100 kids in it total. So it's a big 7th grade class, and it goes through ninth grade. And ninth graders, boy, they were a lot bigger. They looked a lot different than the kids in the elementary school. And so here I was going to uh, junior high, Sierra Junior High, and, um, and there were some big kids in the ninth grade class that wanted to intimidate seventh graders. And guess who they picked on the most? The biggest kid in the class, me. And I was scared to death. Uh, the tradition at the time was to trash can the seventh graders. <laughs> you know, no one had told me this. And here I had these ninth graders on my tail. And I was going to school every day knowing that, you know, I was going to be hunted down. And I couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. Uh, I was a wreck for two weeks. And... Um, My mom, the rescuer, I didn't want her to do anything, but she called to the front office, and I was called in to the vice principal's office. And this was scary, and I had to tell him my story. But, you know, after that, life calmed down. But those first two weeks were hard. you have any bullies in your life? That's what we're talking about this morning is, is bullying. And you know, bullying. It's it's kind of taken the front pages, hasn't it? Here uh, in recent, recently in our culture. And, you know, it's a good thing. There there shouldn't be any tolerance for for bullying. Well, Jesus was addressing the bullies of his day. So if you have your Bible, let's look at Luke chapter 12. Um, actually, we're going to start with verse. Um, 53 of chapter 11 and go through verse 12 of chapter 12. This is after Jesus had said said some really harsh things to the the Pharisees and the scribes. Verse 53, and he went away from there. The scribes and Pharisees began to press him hard, to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him, to catch him in something he might say. They were livid over the words of that uh, Jesus had shared previously verse 12 or chapter 12 in the meantime when so many thousands of people had gathered together they were trampling one another and he began to say to his disciples beware of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made not be known Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Are not one of them, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. For some, it's easier for God than others, okay? Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, for what you should say for the holy spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say for jesus's day it was the religious people the pharisees and the scribes in our days bullies can be a variety of different people it could be a boss it could be a pastor i don 't know if you saw recently a, a YouTube video about a pastor back in the South that was just berating his congregation. I mean he was bullying his people i i, I can 't understand why people would sit under that kind of ministry but there 's pastors who are bullies there are uh, there 's coaches who are bullies. Did you hear about the coach that uh, had the other team thought he was running up the score on them, and uh, and so they've he's turned him this coach in uh, for bullying, and he's being investigated. Maybe Coach Gage needs to be turned in for bullying for beating up on Big Pine this last Friday night. I don't know, but there's all kinds of bullies in life, and from our passage of scripture this morning, and religious people. Uh, they were making it hard for the ordinary person to get to Jesus. Jesus called them hypocrites beware of their le- leaven uh, when Jesus says, "Beware Jesus is really telling us, be aware for the leaven of the the Pharisees their behavior their their um bullying tactics were, were causing people, the ordinary people, to be less than who God had made them to be. The Pharisees, in essence, were wanting the ordinary people to live as hypocrites as they are. And that was permeating the culture. And Jesus wants us to be aware of... bullies' bullies mode of operation. You know, for bullies who come across our paths, uh, they make themselves self-appointed rulers uh, and make the rules of how we should live our lives. Sometimes they can be emotionally manipulative. I had someone in my life, dear to my life, who was an emotional manipulator. When it came to guilt trips, she was a frequent flyer, if you know what I mean. But that is a kind of bullying. Someone who withholds rewards or they're intimidating or they embarrass uh, and humiliate or they're controlling. These are bullies in our lives. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. And so Jesus this morning is going to talk about the fear of man and the love of God, but he's going to be talking about how fear leads to anxiety But how do we overcome that fear? How do we overcome that anxiety? And what is the source of that anxiety? It's the fear of man. There's a book written by uh, Ed Welch. And um, the title of the book is When People Are Big and God Is Small. And uh, it's a great biblical counseling book. And uh, I want to read this quote as far as uh, people who fear man and where this fear comes from. He says this, Fear in the biblical sense includes being afraid of someone, but it, it extends to holding someone in awe, being controlled or mastered by people, worshiping other people, putting your trust in people or needing people. The fear of man can be summarized this way. We replace God with people. Instead of biblically guided instead of a biblically guided fear of the Lord, we fear others. When we are in our teens, it's called peer pressure. When we are older, it is called people pleasing. Recently, it's been called codependency. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning is the source of our fear. And my question to us this morning is who is on the throne of your life? God wants to be on that throne, but typically we put other people on that throne. What they think about us is more important than what God thinks about us. We want them to bless us rather than God. We want them to never leave or forsake us than God. We want to hear them say, well done, good and faithful servant, than we do God. We are looking for Man's approval. And these bullies, they can come in a variety of ways. They can be mean, or they can be so sweet and manipulative and just finagle their way onto our throne. And so if you struggle with this this morning, As we unpack this this morning, you might think to yourself, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to do this. Just know that you're not going to leave here today and have it all under control. If you're a people person, if you put others on that throne, you're going to struggle with this for the rest of your life. But at least you understand the issue and you can take corrective measures. So how do you overcome The fear of man with the fear of God. That's what we're looking at this morning. And Jesus unpacks that for us. I want to share four things very quickly. If you're going to overcome the fear of man, number one, you need to overcome fear by living for judgment day. Living for judgment day. Now understand, bullies, they like to be the judge. They like to put themselves in that position. They like to make the rules. And what Jesus is saying here is don't let them sit on the seat of judgment of your life. The Bible says in John chapter 5 that only Jesus is going to be the judge. And he is going to judge at the end of time. But there are people that we allow on the throne of our hearts that like to judge us, are critical of the things that we do. And you know what happens? We let them wear the gown. We let them hold the gavel because their opinion matters a whole lot. Jesus says, don't let them be judge. Look towards the final judgment. It's only Jesus who's going to judge your life. Don't give them that kind of power. Now, I'm not talking about here, church, um, uh, uh, not submitting to godly authority. Okay, God puts godly Authority in our life, and so if you have godly parents, you know the Bible says to honor our mother and our father. Uh, God says to uh, to submit to loving elder leadership, and so if you have those people in your life, you need to listen to those people if you're being wayward, but. If there are others in your life that you've put on that emotional throne and you've allowed them to be your judge, you fear them. Their opinion matters. And what Jesus is saying, take them off that throne. They're not your judge. Jesus is going to judge at the end of time. His opinion matters most. You got someone on that throne? Heed Jesus' words. The second way that we overcome the fear of man is not only look to final judgment, but number two, overcome the fear of man by being willing to suffer. Now understand that if you stand up to the bullies in your life, if you don't heed what they want you to do, if you don't worship them, they're going to make your life miserable. There came a point in my life where I had a, an emotional bully in my life. And I had to draw a line in the sand. I had to protect my family. And it was an emotionally manipulative conversation. In fact, in conversing with them, the last words to me before they hang, hung up this phone were, and don't come to my funeral. Click. Ouch. And I didn't want to have that kind of pressure on me. But understand that when you, when you lovingly Confront difficult people, know that they're going to make your life miserable. Bullies tried to make Jesus' life miserable. And Jesus was willing to suffer. Look at Jesus' words again in verses 4 and 5, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast in hell. For Jesus, he lost his life. For us as his followers, doing the right thing, Jesus says, you must be willing to suffer. Maybe even to the point of death. We saw that at Columbine High School in Colorado years ago when the gunman knew Rachel Scott. She was an outspoken Christian. They went for her. They asked her, point-blank range do you love God? She says, yes, I do. And the next moment she's gone. happened in Nairobi, Kenya, at the mall recently where Muslim terrorists were looking for Christians and if they wouldn't deny the faith, if they wouldn't uh, if they were Christians, they were taken out. Jesus says, don't fear them. The worst that they can do to you is kill you. But where are you going from there? Into eternity, into the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Jesus is saying, fear God. Be willing to suffer if necessary. And I know that there's some in our church who have recently come to Christ and their family... Aren't Christians yet, and and it's probably going to be awkward for them for a while, baby years. Sometimes that's necessary in following Jesus. You're going to replace the fear of man, the fear of God. Got to be willing to suffer. <clears throat> I'll go, I have more to say, but we'll, we'll go on. The third third thing Jesus says in this passage of Scripture is, if you're going to overcome the fear of man, overcome the fear of man with the love of God. In verses 6 and 7. You know, as we're standing up to the bullies, but the bullies, it seems as though God is continuing to bless them and there's no consequences for their behavior Oftentimes, as Christians, we begin to question the sovereignty of God. And we think to ourselves, God, do you really love me? Do you care about what I'm going through? That's the context of Jesus' words in verses 6 and 7. Verses 6 and 7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? are not one of them, and not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. Context of our passage, Jesus is saying this. He's saying four things. First, God knows you perfectly. That's up in verses 2 and 3. He knows it all. He knows what you're going through. Second, he says, uh, God remembers you continually. He's not going to forget you. Number three, he watches you carefully. God is even aware of those nasty sparrows. If he knows every one of those sparrows, how much more value are you to, to him? He watches you carefully. Number four, he values you deeply. He loves. And we need to remind ourselves of these promises, these truths. When we're trusting God and we're putting him on that throne and we're experiencing the consequences of fearing God more, Consequences are going to come our way. And God knows. And God is watching over you. And finally, we see in this passage of Scripture that Jesus tells us if we're going to fear God more than we fear man, um, overcoming fear of man, we need to overcome with a fear of of God that's that's the idea that's the big idea of this passage of scripture fear of man or fear of God there's only one of two conclusions that you can draw my question to us this morning is who is on the throne of your heart whose opinion matters most Jesus may be your theological Lord, but the person or people may be your functional Lord. Going back to Proverbs twenty-nine twenty-five again, the fear of man is a trap or a snare. What's the alternative? Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So church, we have an important decision to make. Functionally, practically, emotionally, relationally. Who's Lord? God in heaven? Or you fill in the blank. Jesus wants us to replace the fear of man with a fear of the Lord. And then he goes into the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus defines blasphemy. And uh, some people, we, we have different ideas of what uh, blasphem, blaspheming God is. Let me share with you what blaspheming isn't. Blaspheming God isn't cursing. It's not, it's not denying God. You know, on occasion, there are people in the Bible that denied God. There was Thomas. There was Peter. But they didn't continue that way. They repented. So it's not denying God that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. We'll get there in a moment. But it's not suicide. Some people think it's suicide, that that's in the Bible, that that's the unpardonable sin. No, it's not. It's not murder. It's not sexual sin. It's not an ongoing sin that you struggle to overcome. What's blaspheming God? What is the unpardonable sin? Well, Jesus tells us and really begins with uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 15. Uh, Jesus has been healing. He's been casting out demons and and the Pharisees accuse Jesus of having come from Satan. They refuse to believe that Jesus is God. And they continue to reject his teachings. They re- choose to reject him. And that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. If in your life you can ch- continue to not believe, in who Jesus says He is, to the very end of your life, that's the unpardonable sin. My friend, are you in that category? You're resistant to the claims of Christ? You continue to deny, to deny, to reject, to reject That's the unpardonable sin. This morning, Jesus is here. He's saying to us, He's saying to you, believe. Believe in what I have done for you. Stop denying me. Stop refusing me. Surrender. I want you to know God's not a bully. other people's opinion have been worth of weight of gold in your life stop listening stop looking for other people's approval you will continue to live surrender put God on the throne of your heart. May his words, may his desires matter most in your heart and your life. So, as we leave here this morning, there's one of three things that you may need to do. Number one, you may need to get off the throne of somebody else's life, you may be the bully. And you're thinking to yourself, they can't live without me though. They need my voice. I'm trying to rescue them. They need to do what I say. Holy Spirit can do a whole lot better job than you can. And God can give you rest at night. God can give you peace at night if you get off of somebody else's throne. And trust God. Second, you may need to get somebody off the throne of your heart, your emotions that you've placed there, that you've put before God. Fear God more than you fear man. Stop allowing them to be the, the judge and jury of your life. The worth of who you are needs to come from the lips of God and not people. And then finally, maybe you need to have that difficult conversation, that loving but difficult conversation with someone who's on that throne. And it's going to be scary. And you don't know what to say. But what does Jesus say in this passage of Scripture? He will give you the words to convey to the bully. Dear God, trust Him. And He will give you that peace on the inside. Let's pray. Who's the person? Who are the people that you fear more than God? My friend, Jesus wants to heal you this morning. Jesus wants you to worship him and not others' opinions. And I know it's hard. And when you resist, when you say no, maybe it's an abusive boyfriend or an abusive husband or someone that is really important in your life. Jesus wants to set you free by standing up Might suffer. But Rick's going to lead us in a song this morning, Healing Grace. And one of the phrases, the sentences of that song is there are good things that only suffering brings. God wants to be that healing grace. Jesus, your words, you're timely. This isn't some old book. This is current. This is reality. This is truth. Forgive us for putting others ahead of you. Forgive me for putting others others' opinions in this church ahead of you. There are times where I've been fearful or fearful of man's opinion than your opinion. God, may you be on the throne of all of our hearts this morning. Heal us. With your grace. Your grace. Is ready. To forgive. To heal. May we encounter you this morning. In Jesus name.